to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger. And I'm Jeff Schutze. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Angela. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. So, as always, we like to tell you guys what has been going on, and we had the awesome opportunity to attend Steve Ahn's workshop, which was this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. How did you enjoy the workshop, Jeff? Oh, it was amazing. I'm still kind of buzzing off of it. I just went home immediately and started drawing just more and more and more. It was great. I loved it. What'd you think? I really enjoyed it. So it was a free workshop that Steve on and several other people were able to make possible. And there were a couple of hundred of attendees, including many of our friends. It was very fun to run into so many people. And Steve was very generous with his time. He showed Mm -hmm. demos of storyboards of his previous shows, including Ben 10, Legend of Korra, Voltron, and the CG version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he also showed a script that he had been working on, and he gave an example of how he broke down the script with Mm -hmm. thumbnails that were absolutely amazing. I mean, he was drawing it going, so this is just my rough sketches, and Uh everyone was just going... How is yeah. how is your no grid lines like you uh, were mentioning this? How oh, yeah. he was drawing everything perfectly in perspective, and then putting in the grid lines. Yeah, and just going. You, you don't even have to. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think he was doing that for us. <laughs> I yeah, know, I really do. Like, like, oh, okay, he he's putting that in after why? Oh, for us so we can see it's in perfect perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then good. he also showed the trailer, or not the trailer, but he showed the pilot for Detective Blossom Holmes, which mm. is his Kickstarter, which the Kickstarter ends on March first. So if you haven't had an opportunity to check that out and donate, please do because. The pilot episode was amazing. The animation was great. The story was great. The music was great. And he talked in depth about coming up with the story, getting a team together, why he decided to do it. And along with the pilot, he also showed us the animatic and he showed us the color script. And he just talked about the process. What was the Mm -hmm. best part of that for you? Of that particular thing? Mm -hmm. I like seeing the rough animation. I thought that was really cool. And... Didn't he say he did that himself? He did the animation himself. Oh, he had man. he did all the principal animation on his own, and he had other people clean it up. But you're watching it just going, okay, what do you not do? Yeah, because it was so good. You wrote you wrote the scripts, you storyboarded it, you animated it. Okay, you're just a one man shop for yeah. all amazing things. Yeah, that was amazing. But the color script was really cool, too. I hadn't seen anything quite like that. And he brought in Ghibli, a Ghibli artist mm-hmm. for that. Shiro Sato, I believe, is how you pronounce her name. I might be wrong on that, but it was very cool to get a chance to see her work. And she'll be working on upcoming Ghibli films as well, which is very neat. But just the whole experience, I mean, it was four hours of someone donating their time to just teach all of us what he knows about action adventure storyboards Mm -hmm. which as he mentioned there's not a ton of information about that particular aspect of storyboarding there's a lot of classes on storyboarding in general there's classes on live action there's classes on comedy you don't typically find a lot of classes on action adventure boards which is one of the reasons why he wanted to do this workshop because you know he found out through 
mentors and friends and studying films and working really hard and he told us about different films particularly Akira Kurosawa films that are very good to watch mm -hmm. and he gave some really good life advice at the end which I absolutely loved which was often he'll talk to people who are young in their careers either young in age or just starting and they're very discouraged because they see their friends who are in visual development or other aspects of the industry getting promotions becoming art directors getting pretty high up in their field and meanwhile they're still struggling to get into storyboarding or they're mm -hmm. struggling as revisionists or they're struggling as storyboard artists and they don't know why they're struggling they don't know why it's taking so long and it takes a long time because storyboarding takes a long time yeah it's hard <laughs> yeah he just flat out said it takes a long mm -hmm. time because there are a lot of different things you need to learn how to do number mm -hmm. one on his list was you need to learn how to draw yeah and you need to learn how to draw the figure and you need to learn perspective and you need to learn perspective perspective you need to learn perspective yeah. and cinematography and editing and timing you need to learn a multiplicity of skills and I really respected the fact that he just flat out said it just takes a long time to learn and he said the first eight years he was working he had a Twitter account where he had 13 followers yeah. like nobody knew who he was and he said you just have to just work mm-hmm yeah he was very adamant about that the whole drawing thing because someone actually asked him uh, what's more important, drawing or was it cinematic language? Or... It was drawing or cinematic language, yes. And he was just drawing, drawing, period. Learn how to draw well. And I thought that was great that he was just so forthcoming on everything. Mm -hmm. Throughout the entire workshop, he was so forthcoming about things. It was great. It was very good. So hats off to Steve and everyone on his team who put together the workshop. It was great. And don't despair because he's going to be planning. He was talking about other talks he's going to be giving and other classes that he's going to be teaching. So, you know, if you haven't subscribed to his email newsletter list or if you haven't checked out, you know, Detective Blossom Holmes or his website, do it because he is a wellspring yeah. of knowledge and you will just learn nothing but excellent things from him. Mm-hmm. So then next up are the Oscars. Woo. The Oscars are coming <laughs> March 4th. Are you excited about the Oscars? I'm pretty excited, yeah. Yeah, there's some good crop of movies. So mm -hmm. what are the nominees this year? So for animated movies, it's Ferdinand, The Boss Baby, Loving Vincent, The Breadwinner, and Coco. And Coco. <laughs> so out of all five of those, who do you think will win? It's so hard to choose. I have no idea. No, it's going <laughs> to be Coco. <laughs> We Even though we like so many of these films, it's just Coco's been running away with all the awards. My favorite out of all of them, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen Loving Vincent. I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen, seen that one yet. I've seen the other ones. My favorite is The Breadwinner. Mm. I would love The Breadwinner to win. We've mentioned this before. I've mentioned this before. It's a beautiful film. It's a strong film. It's an important film. I hope it wins something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's nominated for anything else. Right. Besides Best Animated Feature, but I hope it is. At least an independent award of some sort. Yeah, me too. But mm -hmm. yeah, we're predicting a Coco win. I think pretty much everybody. Yeah. But yeah. it'll still be good to see what happens with that. Yeah. 
And then also coming up very soon is the CTN road trip. So for those that don't know, in beautiful Burbank, California, the weekend of April 14th and 15th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days, it's going to be basically an outdoor art festival where people can exhibit their prints, their books, various different things that are animation, illustration related, and you can walk down the streets of Burbank and look at the fine art and talk to people and buy their wares. So it's always a very fun time and it's free to go. So if you want to go and check out some really cool artists, I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. And also CTN recently opened up their exhibitor page for CTNX. So if you want to exhibit at CTN Expo, which will be in November this year, you should go ahead and sign up now because they're currently offering a discount hmm. if you sign up early. So if it's always been your dream to have a table or a booth, now's the time to do it. And that brings us to our next part of the show, one of my favorite part of shows, television shows and movies that we've recently seen. Mm -hmm. So what have you recently seen? Well, I know we've both seen Black Panther. Let's talk about yes. that first. Let's talk about Black yeah, Panther. Cause it's so, just so good. Yeah. What did you think about Black Panther? Oh, I loved it. It mm -hmm. lived up to the hype. And not a lot of films can say that, you know, especially recently. But this one lived up to the hype. I thought it was so good. The world building, the characters, I thought the plot and the villain was you know, it all came together in a great way. What'd you think? I adore this movie. I thought this movie was fantastic on so many levels. On a personal level, being a black person, seeing black people portrayed so wonderfully and positively mm -hmm. on screen was an absolute joy. I just loved every single person in the film. Angela Bassett as oh. the queen, as she should be portrayed, was wonderful. Chadwick Boseman was wonderful. Michael B. Jordan is always great. So Lupita Nyong'o, everybody in the movie was just on point, every single person. And it was just so great and positive to see. And it was just everybody in it just did such a good job. The cinematography oh, yeah. was excellent. The editing was excellent. The story was very interesting. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack was great. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. Everything was firing on all five cylinders. I absolutely loved it. I just thought it was just a very well-made film. I would put it in my top three Marvel films because my favorite oh, yeah. Marvel films of all time are The Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier, hmm. and Black Panther. I think those are the three. I just love Marvel movies so much, and I just particularly love this movie, and I'm so glad it did so well. I'm oh. glad that people have responded so positively to it. Yeah. As of now, it's over 530 million, million worldwide. Hooray! Yeah. Insane. And that's just after a week or two. Mm -hmm. It's insane. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. And I want to give props to Ryan Coogler, who's the mm -hmm. director and co-writer. Everything he's directed has been fantastic. And mm -hmm. all of his stories come from a real place and a real place of heart. So... I hope he gets to just make whatever movies he oh, wants yeah. for the rest of his career. Oh, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of offers. Yeah. I'm not, you know, he's already getting so many mm -hmm. offers, you know, but yeah. yeah, it's great to see. They tell really deep and interesting stories. Mm -hmm. And also, I finally saw, I saw Get Out. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That was great, too. It was very good. And I just want to tell all of you guys out there, if you're anything like me, 
I do not handle scary movies well. <laughs> I, I don't. You've been trying to get me to watch Poltergeist. Yes, the and original. I, and I keep remote. telling you, I will watch it at 2 in the afternoon <laughs> on a Sunday if I don't have to be by myself. I'm I, thinking I 2 a.m. on a Saturday cause night. Because you're mean. Because <laughs> you're a mean person. I, I can't handle these movies, you guys. Get Out was great. Yes. It's actually more akin to a Twilight Zone episode. Mm -hmm. It's very suspenseful. There are some scares, but it's not like somebody jumping out trying to knife you mm -hmm. or weird demon children and ghosts type scary. It's more psychologically thrilling. And mm -hmm. again, not unlike Black Panther, very strong racial message, which was very good. Yeah. And it was very funny it was there were a lot of comedic moments yeah, yeah. there were a lot of really good comedic mm -hmm. in places that you were not expecting to laugh oh yeah <laughs> i'm going oh, that's what that's weird what's going on yeah yeah i'm so happy a movie like this again did so well mm -hmm. you know and it was one of those movies i went in not knowing a lot about the plot which was so cool mm -hmm. you know because it was just like Wow, this movie is a lot weirder, yeah. funnier, just strange. It was so good, though. Definitely. Yeah. What else have you seen? I think that's it. I mean, after Steven's workshop, I actually went home. And while I'm drawing, I put on Voltron because I haven't oh, seen good. it yet. Yeah. What did you think? Well, I only watched the first episode so far, but I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really... I can't even say I wasn't really a fan because of the original series because I just never really watched it. I was a Robotech fan or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this one was really good. I can't wait to watch more. But you've seen the series, I've, the whole I've, thing, I've right? seen it. It's great. Cool. I love it. The storytelling is really good. The animation is really good. The characters are really cool. And I actually... I was not familiar with the original series. Mm -hmm. I, it came out when... It was too little. Mm. I didn't hear about it till a bit later. I just knew that yeah. it had to deal with robot lions. Yeah, that robot form lions together that to form. Big and, robot. and like you, my thought was, oh, so it's every other mech show that I've ever seen, every other right. anime. It's yeah. it's Robotech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one that I'm familiar with too. But no, it's really good, you guys. So if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. If you have Netflix or you have a friend who has Netflix. Mm -hmm. Go watch it, because it's really, really solid. Yeah. And I just want to add, if you want to learn how to do action sequences, do a bunch of screen caps and draw that, because oh, yeah. those are really good practice sequences to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since we're talking about Steve on again, going back and watching some of those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is really helpful as mm -hmm. well, because in the workshop, him talking about how he had to block a scene, he was restricted by choreographing this fight scene within one block. And the way he does it is amazing, and you guys should definitely check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely indeed. And the last movie that I saw, I told you guys I would tell you when I saw it. I saw The Last Jedi. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and it was okay. Yeah. Which, I have to say, for someone who could care less about Star Wars, is pretty high praise. Because <laughs> I know there's a lot of you out there, I think... Pretty much all of you, except for me, is kind of the general consensus that I get whenever I talk to people <laughs> that everyone else really likes Star Wars. I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. But I thought it was pretty good. 
I especially like the fact that there's women in space. Yeah, that was cool. I like that, hey, there's a woman who's an admiral. There's a woman who's a general. There's a woman who's a Jedi. Look, women made it. That's, That's great. There's also diversity in space. There's black people and Asian people. Glad to know that our people made it to the future. <laughs> so that was really cool. I like that it wasn't like most Star Wars movies. I like that it had different things going and things went in a slightly different direction. There were other things that I thought were just kind of fair. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it, but, you know, Casino Planet? <laughs> eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was okay. I know you had slightly different opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, I liked it. I would say that it was okay. Like you, I think it was more a more interesting movie than, say, The Force Awakens, which was kind of like a remake of A New Hope. But yeah, I had problems with it. I kind of want to check it out again to see if maybe in a couple months, not right away. Yeah. Your points though were valid. We actually had an hour long discussion mm -hmm. about The Last Jedi that it basically boiled down to all the things that I liked about it were all the things you didn't like about <laughs> it. So it's like, I thought this was cool. I do, I do not agree. And so it was back and forth. But yeah. I liked that Ryan Johnson went in a different direction. And like you, I did like it a lot better than The Force Awakens, which I didn't particularly like. Mm -hmm. I liked the first 20 minutes, and then when I realized, oh wait, it's a death planet. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. And we're on a desert planet we're again. We're on a desert planet again. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I like the fact there's, there's no against spoilers again, no Death Star! That made me so happy yeah. that there was yeah. not a Death Star. I'm glad they didn't use that again. Mm -hmm. But there were Imperial Walkers, a little bit different though, on a an ice-looking planet, but it's not really a nice planet. Was it sand? Or salt. Salt? I think it was salt. Okay. <laughs> okay, movie. <laughs> but I like. I did like a lot of what he was doing and trying to do. I just, I didn't love the story. I thought the conceit of the chase throughout the movie was, I, I didn't really care for it because it took so long. It was this slow-motion chase. <laughs> And I didn't feel like it paid off in a mm -hmm. great way. But, you know, I respect him for doing something different. Yeah. And so. see, I feel like that created drama. But again, <laughs> that's the great thing about movies. You can have debates with your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you guys haven't seen it, I recommend watching it. It might still be in the theaters by the time the podcast comes out. If not, it'll be on Redbox and Netflix and HBO and every other place <laughs> that you can find a movie. Yep. And there's Star Wars Rebels, you know, wrapping up this season. Which I do like. I, I do like, like Star Wars yeah. Rebels I like a lot. I love that show. Mm -hmm. That show is, that's a solid show. So, mm -hmm. recommend Star Wars Rebels. You know what else I recommend? Eric Perez! Yes! Who's our interviewee for this week. Eric was wonderful. It was so nice getting yeah. to talk to him. He was a great interview. Like, he was just so fun and it was just cool. His animated journey was a really interesting one he hit a lot of companies and i really like the way he talked about being realistic about where your next project is gonna come from just don't think about the work you're doing right now always keep thinking ahead i love that that is true particularly in television and video games Film, you sometimes have a little bit more leeway because that takes a little bit longer and depending on the film studio, they might just roll you on to the next project. But with television, most TV shows only get a season. Sometimes they get two. So mm -hmm. even if you're on a very successful show that's doing well, you still need to be cognizant of one day this is going to end. 
And when it ends, where will I go? What other opportunities are there for me at this studio or at other studios? Or are there any freelance projects or anything else that I've been wanting to do? Mm-hmm. And Eric's really good at yeah. forecasting that uh-huh. and figuring that out so that he has a plan. And it's always cool to hear about what people's plans are. So we are very happy to present to you episode 65 interview with Eric Perez. So Eric, we always start with origin (laughs) stories. Oh yeah. So you're from the Los Angeles area, is that right? Yes, born and raised here in SoCal. So I've been here all my life, closer to the OC county line, but I've been here since I started breathing. So it's kind of rare. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) So many of my friends are from out of town, so Mm -hmm. out of state, really. Yeah, a lot of people from like Michigan and New York, they uh, move over here and Mm -hmm. you know they start working in studios and stuff like that. There are a lot of people from. Michigan and yeah. all my friends from Michigan go well yes because we all wanted to leave Michigan cool. <laughs> California. Like, I understand yeah. I understand that completely <laughs> all right so growing up what were some of your artistic influences man I grew up with the Simpsons I think a lot of us you know in the 90s kind of grew up with the Simpsons Futurama is another one you know I like to watch Matt G's cartoons real great there was Johnny Bravo Cartoon Network cartoon you know <laughs> always cracked me up Dexter's Laboratory Ed Ed and Eddie uh, Nickelodeon wise you have like Rocket Power Cat Dog uh, these are cartoons I grew up with and um, they're kind of similar to my style you know I like to use one or two colors on my characters and then I always have that bold outline that just traces your character. Simpsons being one of those you know very cool do you have a favorite Simpsons episode oh man um yeah it's uh the one where Homer goes on an adventure to find what his middle name is you know Homer J Simpson and then when it comes out to the end his middle name was Jay you oh, know no. so <laughs> But uh, it was a real cool, um, cool episode because uh, it also comes with him meeting his mom and it gets very emotional towards the end where he finds her again and then she ends up leaving towards the end. Spoiler alert, you know. Spoiler alert for the show that's been on for 28, 30 years? It's it's 1988, I think, when it started. So, yeah, it's been around for a long time and it's still going. So That is impressive on its own. (laughs) Most cartoons last one season, three if you're lucky. If you're lucky. all of the Simpsons writers, artists out there, kudos to you. That's impressive. It, yeah. So what was it about it that made you realize, hey, I don't want to just watch cartoons. I want to be a part of the process. I mean, it's just you you watch this stuff and some people don't even think about it. But I was always like, what is the process that goes into this? And, you know, back then people would use uh, paper and, you know, you get like 24 pieces of paper or so to make one second of footage. And you're like, wow, this much work goes into one second. And you're watching like a 20, 25 minute cartoon episode. So you can only imagine all the work and how many people you need just to get one episode done and I just started looking into it eventually I started doodling on paper and you know one thing led to another I kept drawing on uh, post-its so I would do like my little stick figures doing some sort of action maybe crumbling up a paper and then shooting it into a trash can or something like that but (laughs) you know it would help me understand like all the work they did on a bigger scale that's cool Mm -hmm. so then Cal State Fullerton we know that's so well on the podcast go Titans anybody that lives in southern california who works in animation knows at least 10 people 
from Cal State. Yeah. So what was it about the school that made you think <laughs> that's where I want to go? I did my research on schools. You know, you have like Otis, Cal Arts, and then other colleges. But um, just growing up around the OC, I wanted to try to stay local. And then I happened to find out Cal State Fullerton was doing such a great job in animation. And they were pretty connected with studios, especially Nickelodeon. And yeah, I looked into it. I uh, talked to counselors and everything. And they showed me the courses they had and like what I could branch into 2D, 3D, you know, and all that. And it just it was somewhere I wanted to be it just I felt it I was like this is where I gotta go if this is what I want to pursue so uh, Cal State Fullerton was the choice and it's paid off in the long run <laughs> nice yeah let's talk about that some more so I saw on the dossier aka the internet that <laughs> while you were at school you were an intern at Nickelodeon but also you were in the storyboard artist mentorship program which I've actually <laughs> never heard of that so why don't you talk a little bit more about that yeah so uh, basically it was something between Cal State Fullerton and Nickelodeon and it was a master class for storyboarding and about 25 to 30 of us were able to sign up and we would work one-on-one -on -one with a storyboard artist on the show and um, when we went I think Spongebob, Piggo, Banana Cricket, Avatar and there's one more show I can't remember but those were the four shows we were able to pick and they would give us a script and we would have to storyboard you know like a good 30-40 panels of that small script that they gave us and we would get a feedback every three weeks after we would do our storyboard panels and stuff and it was real cool because these people are in there and they already got all the experience you know in storyboarding so they could tell you this is working I like this gag you got going on but I feel you're losing it a little bit here just because of your compositing or the way you're setting up that scene it's not getting the people's attention and stuff like that so it was a pretty cool experience just to get hands-on and you know one-on-one -on -one time with people who are in the industry and it just helps you learn that much more and that much quicker. Who are some of your teachers? I had Chuck Grebe, Wendy Grebe. They both storyboarded for Disney. Wendy was on Pepper Ann and Lilo and Stitch. I can't remember. Chuck, you're going to kill me for this if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, I know. <laughs> I can't remember uh, what Chuck did, but he was one of the counselors that helped me get on the right track and, you know, helped me graduate on time. And But those are two of the professors we had that uh, worked in the industry at the time. And we have Andy Fadek, who does 3D bunch of 3d he's our uh, maya and zbrush instructor and he does real great work he does a little bit of mixture with a uh, live action shooting and then he'll put 3d elements into it and then you know he leaves it up to the viewer as to what do you take from this uh, what's your interpretation kind of thing like that so yeah we have some good professors so that's good. you know <laughs> did that help with your portfolio were you able to get portfolio pieces out of that oh yeah i haven't posted it up but uh there's a real cool shot i have where i'm like walking down the hall and there's this uh, 3d robot that's kind of like standing there and he's seeing me as I walk by and I stop by to acknowledge him and I like high five him and we do like a little fist pump and you know I walk out of the scene and you know stuff like that you're definitely going to get good stuff out of that school and portfolio worthy stuff so uh, some of my storyboards I have with Wendy I still have to this day because they came out clean and I think they're presentable and you know along with that Nickelodeon masterclass that Spongebob storyboard is another thing I can use because I had yeah. some great feedback from people I'm trying to remember his name uh, Sherm oh Sherm there you go. Yeah. Sherm Cohen was my one-on-one -on -one over there, and he's been on SpongeBob for a good while, and he gave me all the feedback and stuff like that. So Sherm is great. He taught a class at Nickelodeon after hours, and he's a really good teacher. He knows his stuff. He yeah. shows the sequence from the first SpongeBob movie, and he goes, "Here's how we did it, and then here's the animation for it, and then here's how you figure it out." Mm -hmm. We're just watching it going, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> also, quick plug for sure. He also has a really good DVD series mm-hmm. that I got while I was in school, and it actually helped me pass my storyboard class. Oh, so, nice. congrats! Shout out to Sherm. We should put that in the show notes. So, <laughs> hey, go in order. All right. So, apropos of nothing either, but I also saw that you worked at a place called GNR Machinery Services. And oh I was yeah. That. <laughs> so, um, that's a family business. My old man has been running that with my uncle for about twenty-five years. A self-employed businessman, but um, we repair a bunch of industrial machines like wow. mills and lathes and um, these machines are precision cutting tools for steel aluminum and all that and they're pretty universal we've gone to factories that make parts for satellites you know the reason why your phones might be working hey, <laughs> <thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> stuff like that um they also make parts for you know those big airplanes we used to commute from east coast west coast and all around the world yeah that was something i did and it was kind of a way to help me pay for college it helped me develop more personal skills because i ran the office day to days there and I became the manager you know I managed the website there and I just made sure our industry pipeline was going smoothly and my dad and uncle would get stuff done on time because these bigger businesses obviously rely on us to get their stuff out to wherever it needs to go that's fantastic mm-hmm. so you're helping your father and your uncle run their business yeah you're in college you're taking classes with Wendy and Chuck mm-hmm. and with Sherm you're getting all these great experiences how then did you get that internship at Nickelodeon it was a lot of applying a lot of hearing no but eventually you know the more consistent I became with applying I just started meeting the right people as well I started like hey you know I had James Mosley how'd you go about getting an internship at Nick and he kind of gave me pointers Uh, he reviewed my resume cover letter and I think that's what kind of helped boost me a little bit more to get noticed so like roughly around I think it was like the fourth or fifth time I applied that's when I put the resume and boom phone call kicks in and next thing you know I'm uh, sitting in the studio being interviewed as to why I want to be a production assistant for Pinky Malinky and stuff like that and yeah but it was definitely a lot of apply 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 and consistency pays off sometimes that's great mm-hmm. and I like what you said that you just kept going because this actually touches on a conversation that I had at lunchtime the other day mm-hmm. about when you're applying for jobs especially if you're applying for long periods of time like months or even years yeah. a lot of times people start getting really depressed mm-hmm. and then Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr posts start Mm -hmm. to get really depressing and kind of become like sad town and so I'm always curious how did you keep going and keep from letting that frustration or that sadness like weigh you down as you were looking for work yeah I stayed busy I kept working on my own stuff Uh, me and James actually did a few shorts on YouTube brutally honest with Teddy is a show I worked (laughs) on with him just staying busy and applying and you know it's like you said it can weigh in and you'd be like oh I'm not getting a job it's they don't want me and it happens as worldwide as the industry is known it really is a small set of groups you know but you just apply keep working and I definitely stress it to everybody even to the fellow Cal State Fullerton people right now just network your butt off you know you you want to get to know people I do a lot of the wheel mixers even to this day you know I'm working but I still go network because most of our jobs aren't set in stone anyway so we're, we're always working on borrowed time you know we're we're at each show for so much and then it's like am I gonna have a job the next year you know the next month because I'm about to wrap up but network stay busy don't stop working on your art and keep applying you know I I told people every semester you should apply to at least 15 places if you can and just helps that way because if you're only putting your eggs in one basket then your chances get that much slimmer and it's that much harder even if it's a studio you really want to get into maybe it won't be now and you might get somewhere else but you get to put that on your resume like hey I did this and that for that studio and then eventually you can get to where you need to 
So stay busy. Always apply and network. Talking about networking, mm-hmm. when you are doing that kind of thing, what's your goal? When you're in a crowd or you're at a network function, are you giving your business card or are you just trying to make contact or just be casual, you know, um, get your name out there? You know, it's making connections. I try to create genuine friendships and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm, you know, I don't really just go like, hey, I'm here just because, you know, I need help getting <laughs> in. <laughs> this is a podcast yeah. you can't see awesome (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's never like that for me uh i really do go out to meet people and try to create genuine friendships and it's come to that you know i know people from various studios now and i ask them out to lunch and just get to know them better and hear their stories you know like how did you go about getting into the industry Mm -hmm. or how do you go about this and that and you know i think that's a good way to approach just get to know people you know we all know everybody wants to get in that's all our goals Mm -hmm. and um yeah i give out you know business cards or i exchange most of my social media stuff with people and we talk here and there if they need help with resumes or something I'm, I always offer like I'll, I'll look over your resume if you want to pitch in my way or you know if they can help me with my cover letter or something you know and it's just it just kind of works out that way you know but I, I go to create genuine friendships and you know I'm hanging out with a lot of people now it's kind of neat so that is good so <laughs> let's now talk about the internship yay Thank you. Ooh, ooh. fantastic <laughs> show you got to see a preview of it at work I love that show it's yeah. so funny so let's <laughs> Let's talk about that. What was your internship experience like? So it was first time being exposed to production. And um, it was the first time I got exposed to the program production people use, which is called FileMaker for anybody wondering. And um, this kind of brought me into like, whoa, I didn't know this side of animation, you know, because everyone always knows like, oh, yeah, you do art and you do storyboards, you do animatics, you do this and that. But for some reason, production never really gets mentioned. And so this was all new to me. And I started seeing what like James would do. He was uh, my PA and he would kind of guide me. Amit was my production coordinator. And then, you know, we had like Jeff Sornig, but they all helped me out. And then they just exposed me like, this is what production does. You know, we sit with the show creators and uh, we review animatics. And so that's stuff that I was doing on a day to day. I would sit into like these animatic screenings and I would see how they would, uh, Uh, give out notes and like maybe this would be funnier if like pinky would like inflate and blow up this way instead of like squiggling out so that kind of stuff went into my production experience i got to get exposed to like all those kind of meetings so animatics design breakdowns we would see what would be called as so like oh this is a new prop that we don't have we should call this out so we can create it that way we can have it ready for once this animation scene takes place and so it was a lot of that i was just getting exposed to the production side of things so it was meetings i would sit down with the producers and you know i got to see their side too like the producer would be like bringing out this pipeline sheet right in front of us like all right so this is where we're supposed to be but where are we at really you know like where is this artist at (laughs) are they done with like 70 backgrounds or this and that you know and you would just hear like the production staff talk with the producer and so it was a real cool experience and you know it made me like production that much more and that's kind of why I'm still in it right now I'm pursuing it and yeah aside from being exposed to production for the internship we also did a lot of let's draw events I know you've been in there (laughs) That, yeah, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the show, but what is Let's Draw? So Let's Draw is a event we do at an elementary school nearby, and we go to the elementary schools and we draw with kids. You know, from was it kindergarten or yeah, I forget what kindergarten to fifth graders. Yeah, kindergarten to fifth grade, and uh, every week it's a different grade, and then you know we go into one of the classes, and then we just kind of have this model sheet with us, and we ask the kids like who's their favorite.
Nickelodeon character and then we'll kind of show them step by step like how to how it starts off as simple shapes and then we slowly start building in the detail and then you know we we draw for them and then they follow along and it's pretty cool you know it's a fun experience it's nice to give back as well because you know obviously we were at that point one time we were watching cartoons I never had an artist show up at my school and like hey you guys want to draw you know Homer Simpson or somebody and yeah that kind of what goes down in the let's draw events and it's super fun anyone who gets an internship at Nickelodeon in the future I recommend doing it a few times with Carson he's an amazing person organizes this every week once you're there so yeah yeah it's fun and for me it reminds me why we're making the cartoons too mm-hmm. because you know you're at the studio you're around adults yeah. you're working with adults which is great mm-hmm. you know you're working with your peers and whatnot but then you go to a school and the little kids look at you like you're some kind of rock star it's <laughs> oh, yeah. really funny because they'll be like like I remember going and we have these let's draw t-shirts and the yeah. kids point us going it's the people from Nickelodeon <laughs> wow. hi yeah. hi and they're waving at us you know as we're walking along and you know you go in the room and it's like what do you guys want us to draw and like 15 hands come up we're like draw this, draw yeah. this. <laughs> so, oh man Lincoln Loud was a very popular character when yeah. I was there <laughs> I got, they wanted me to draw Lincoln they wanted me to draw Spongebob and then there was always draw a Ninja Turtle but it's like <laughs> we can draw that but it might be a little hard for you guys to follow along yeah. like, that was a little more intense but we'll do it for you yeah but it's it's real cool because they do make you feel like a celebrity you know mm-hmm. towards the end once you guys finish they'll like run up to you with their paper like can i get your autograph yeah. can i do this and it's like <laughs> it's real heartwarming like you know I, I try not to cry but it's it's real yeah. cool you know like you don't get that from everybody else so no. yeah didn't get that in any of my previous jobs absolutely not, so. that's pretty great so while you were an intern i know that you know i was an intern you were an intern mm-hmm. lots of people have been interns and yeah. there's sometimes this feeling of how do i make a really good impression and meet as many people as i I can while also doing a good job while also not freaking out because my <laughs> heroes are literally walking down the hallway yeah so how were you able to manage all of that i honestly i work with my production crew a lot and i ask them for a lot of advice because you know you don't want to help them and then leave that job to go meet somebody one-on-one and then they're gonna be like where's our intern or this and that so i would talk to him like when is it okay or how can i go about meeting people without leaving you guys without an intern and they would just tell me no try to set them up around these times or give us a heads up and then let us know when you're going to head out and then everyone's pretty approachable there I mean everyone wants to help you give you advice and that's what I like about Nickelodeon you know I don't think anyone will really tell you no and uh, might be with the higher ups because they're just busy and that's just the way it goes but um something Nickelodeon does offer for the interns are these classes where you can sit with these people like Steinberg and all them and you know you get to kind of meet him with the group it may not be a one-on-one but you still get that experience or his experience on the industry and all that yeah i just work with my production crew and they would tell me as long as you get work done by the end of the day it's fine to me anybody you want just give us a heads up don't don't run off <laughs> don't run off yeah uh otherwise it's like oh we lost our intern or is he is he really here to you know <laughs> it's like it was all a ruse exactly <laughs> yeah it's just constant communication with who you're working with and then just give them a heads up let them know and whoever you're trying to meet uh approach them nicely and some people you can reach via email just let them know you're the intern and yeah everyone's usually willing to meet you for you know a brief one-on-one and depending who you're trying to meet whether it's a storyboard artist or you know background artist uh, color stylist or something everyone's pretty good about approaching you just be nice be humble <laughs> that sounds good all right so 
you had your internship mm -hmm. and then I know there was a little bit of a gap between internship and then working at Titmouse. Yes. So what was it like during that waiting period as you know, you're finally done and then applying for new jobs? Yeah. So um, during that time, I actually got into an after school program as a art teacher. And it was kind of a way to keep that let's draw stuff alive on my own time. You know, during that time, every day I would look in the morning, afternoon and evening for jobs all the time. Just what's new, what's new or, you know, what is DreamWorks at? What is WB got going on? And um, eventually I was applying. I wasn't hearing back from places, but I stayed busy and I kept networking. I kept doing what I had to do and it just kind of helped time pass by. Eventually, uh, one day I'm working with the kids. I get a phone call and it's Titmouse. You know, they call me like, hey, um, we got this show called Nico and the Sword of Light. Would you like to come be a PA? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so what led me to that was actually not me applying. It was someone from Nickelodeon who recommended me at the time. I don't know if you met Chet from Pinky. Okay. He's one of the animatic editors there. And before my internship ended, I actually had a one-on-one -on -one with him on my last day. And we just sat there. He got to know me. I got to know him. And he just kind of asked what I wanted to do. And I told him, like, I really want to pursue the production side of things because I feel it's something I can do. And I kind of want to grow in it and eventually maybe be a producer one day, you know. So I talked to him on my last day. I think it was like last work day of December that Nickelodeon had. And uh, eventually he pushed my resume. I didn't know. <laughs> and Titmouse ended up reaching out to me. And I thought it was real cool because he used to work at Titmouse back then, too. So that happened. And I went in for the interview and it was a uh, nerve wracking you know <laughs> it was nerve wracking I'm not gonna lie but yeah they off the bat they told me like you know Chet recommended us to you he did good with us and we know he picks the right people so why do you feel like you would be great at Titmouse and you know I told him where I wanted to be and how I wanted to grow into production and during this interview I actually had a small notebook in my hand so while I was asking them what was their day to day and how production was run on there and I was taking these notes in front of them not thinking about it yeah I was asking them programs they use which is FileMaker and then Basecamp where it's like art gets uploaded into this and like art directors can look at it from wherever they're at you know in case they're out of town or something they can go into this and review the art and still keep the pipeline moving and yeah I would do that and I guess towards the end of the interview once we wrapped up they really liked that I was taking notes and I was you know listening and sure enough within those 24 hours I get an email the next day like hey you're hired like oh, do you wow. want to come in I was like uh. <laughs> I was like yeah so um that worked out in my favor i mean i guess they really liked that you know i was there taking notes and i was learning even though the job wasn't guaranteed i was still learning how their production was being run and it's something i could grow in even if i don't get the job then i know what to expect on the next time more or less you know so it was real cool so i landed my gig at titmouse hmm. that's good and on an amazing <laughs> show i mean it won an emmy it's yeah. a beautiful show it's on <laughs> amazon prime all of you guys go and watch it right now or watch it after the podcast. <laughs> but what was it like working on that production versus working at Nickelodeon? How did you adjust to cool. the differences? Yeah, so the difference between Nickelodeon and Titmouse is Titmouse actually does animation in studio, in-house. So um, this was new to me off the bat. My producer put me in to work with the animation supervisor for the shows. And, you know, the first week I'm sitting in these meetings and she's just like, this is what we do. We sit with the supervisor and the artist sit in 
in and we critique their work you know the footage they have for the shots and you just sit here you write notes and make sure they have the proper stuff they need to finish hitting those notes to pass this shot and put it into the final product so it was real cool because i don't think a lot of people get to experience that and it was like my first gig so i'm sitting here watching cartoons and we're critiquing them so we would do this and then you know i was learning more and more into filemaker and they're like this is how you know when something's approved or this is how you know something needs to be fixed and this is our pipeline you know animators should be hitting this many footage by the end of this time if they don't we have to go talk to them one-on-one and see what's the issue what's the problem because some shots are heavy meaning you know there's a lot going around like nico whether there's a fight scene or something you have so many characters running through the shot and it would make sense why an animator wouldn't be finishing as fast as we would want yeah that's kind of what i did for nico i would help run the day-to-day animation retakes is what we call him and i did that for about two months because the show was at its back end already so we were wrapping up but towards that end uh, you know i was fortunate enough to find another gig at titmouth and uh, it kind of helped me taper on my last week of nico into this new show called little big awesome if you guys haven't heard about it uh there's actually a pilot you can see on if you google little big awesome you'll see like a two minute pilot that's out and it's kind of the new cartoon we got going on right now that's good yeah how did you transition from nico to little big awesome what was the process there to get it you know getting a new job within the same studio cool one thing that we get are like weekly emails about the shifts that are happening between the studios so like we'll get end dates of people who are wrapping up and then people who are jumping from one show to another and so i saw an email one day and it had shown that a pa from little big awesome was switching over to an artist position and i was like hey (laughs) you know um yeah let me email hr and see if they might be needing a pa so i emailed our hr and eventually they reached out to higher ups and shortly after i got an email like hey they're gonna be needing a pa would you like to interview and i was like of course interviewed and eventually a few days later i ended up getting that so once nico was rapping uh, on his last week i started slowly jumping over to the other show and um i started getting exposed to more animation but this was early animation so it was fresh it, nothing was animated yet it was just reviewing animatics and then the animators would start animating their shots so it was pretty cool it took me deeper into the process of animation and we do these things called uh, animation handouts as well where we have the directing supervisor and the animation supervisors sit together and they review the animatic together and they discuss what is happening in each shot because uh this goes for a lot of cartoons south park for example you know they use like that mel gibson photo face in there (laughs) yeah so um this is what handouts are good for because you wouldn't want an animator to draw mel gibson's face but then you know once this gets pushed to the supervisor like hey we're actually going to use a photo of his face instead of his animation and you know that costs us time and so this is why we do handouts because you want to make sure we know what's going on in every shot of that episode you don't want somebody drawing what may be live action or something you know and we got more stuff going like they had me doing take ones now and take ones is basically when animation for each episode is about 75 percent finished and i would sit in with the editors and do a qc check which is quality check we sit there we watch the episode and make sure that all the approved files are in there and that we have the majority because uh this stuff gets delivered to amazon and you always want to give them the as much as you can and the best possible shots you can so they can review and they'll give us notes and then that's when it comes back to us and we'll take it into retakes again and that's when we start fixing getting notes and doing all that stuff on the show that is really good mm. and i appreciate you going <laughs> through that too because something i noticed when i was in school is you don't learn about production you don't when you're in school. <laughs> 
you know that it exists yeah. because we have a movie mm-hmm. or we have a television show, <laughs> but the ins and outs of how it works, I don't think most schools teach that or have yeah. any kind of program for that. So thanks for going through that because now people can have a better sense, especially because for most of you out there, your first job will probably be a PA job. That's where I think half the people I know started off as PAs and Mm -hmm. they either went to the arts side or like you, you know, you've decided you're going to go over to the production side now. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, even uh, when I was interning at Nick, going back a bit, people from Pinky, you know, who were storyboard artists were once PAs and eventually did that crossover. So yeah, I think PA is the way to go to get your foot in the door. And uh, eventually you kind of get to see where you want to go in the industry from there, you know? That is really good. So what was it about it that made you realize, I would like to be a producer. I would really like to go on that path. It has to do a lot with my uh, machinery office manager job. Like I really like to manage the day-to-day that goes on. And um, I enjoy working alongside the artists. You know, I track down all the designs they might need to get this shot done. And then I keep track that they make deadlines or, you know, if we're going to be a little late, then we sit down and discuss this with the producer and stuff. And I just really enjoy working alongside the, the animators and artists. And it's just... I could see myself moving up to a higher position and eventually just maybe managing a full, you know, design team or animation team once I work my way up. And along with organizational skills, are there any other skills that you recommend that people who want to do what you're doing start to acquire maybe even before they get there? For production, yeah. Buy a lot of (laughs) (laughs) post-its and just get ready to have uh, your wall full of post-it notes and stuff like that because there is a lot that goes on. And so, you know, be organized, learn how to prioritize things like what's more urgent. You know, if you have three episodes being worked on, what do we need first before you don't want to like say oh we're working on episode three let's try to finish this but episode one is due friday you know you want to learn you want to learn that in the production side too like always know what episode is due before and then try to get everything in on time you know there's always let's put it this way stuff never goes as planned no matter how well you plan it you know it all turns out okay but never quite how you think it exactly was. <laughs> yeah but definitely organize learn how to prioritize and then always always socialize and communicate with your team always does that help with the stress too because it must be so stressful when <laughs> you know these fires pop up and you're trying to put things out it does get stressful but if you have a good crew with sense of humor it eases that pain mm. you know <laughs> we crack jokes all the time so those stressful situations aren't as bad but yeah if you're good at communicating then you know I always reach out to my coordinators like hey I got this and that going like is there any way you can help me out or I can't find this design but we have this shot due in like two hours and I need this person (laughs) working on it so Yeah, um, communication will, will help put those fire outs. I always try to do what I can on my own. And then if I get stuck and I really, really can't figure it out, then, you know, I was like, all right, it's time to get somebody else to help me out. Otherwise, I'm just going to be drowning here. <laughs> I'd like to add to what you said there, too. Be really kind to people. Because yes. what I found is people are a lot more likely to want to help you when fires come up if you've been <laughs> consistently kind and respectful. Right. Because then you can go and say, hey, I know that you're busy, but we had this issue come up. Would you mind putting aside what you're currently working on and working on this for an hour? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you've been kind the entire time, usually the answer will be, sure. Right. But if not, it's going to be like, Fine. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. 
so are you currently working on any personal projects? Do you have anything going on in the works in your day-to-day life? I am working on a short. Uh, right now, I'm just doing a script phase. So hopefully sometime in the summertime, we'll start seeing some art pop up in my social media. But uh, I do have a small short I want to do. I don't want to say too much yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back next year. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I do have a personal project in the works and it's just trying to get the script right so I can move on to storyboarding and then, you know, kind of have more or less an, a rough idea of what the characters will look like just because I have all these post-its I've been doodling, you know, during my lunch breaks and stuff. Yeah, I have that. And then, of course, James, if you still need me. <laughs> uh, I always work with James if he ever needs help and those are like other side projects I help. Very good. And y'all may remember James from previous podcast episode. <laughs> we had a couple episodes back. So thank you to James too. You know, I love how you are, you're always thinking of the next project. Like mm-hmm. even when you're working on Nico, you're thinking about, oh, what am I going to be doing next? So yeah. that you can jump on the next project and you aren't having a lull, mm-hmm. you know, or as big a lull as you might be having if you aren't thinking about that yeah. next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like my production team on Nick always told me like, try to start looking into the industry three months prior to your finish date. That way you mm-hmm. kind of have a sense of where the industry is at right now, what's opening up, what's going to be available. That way you're not on your last week of, you know, your job and it's right. like, okay, I need to find a job. And then you end up having like this three, four month gap where it's like, I, I can't find nothing. So it's mm-hmm. always better to look early and then just it kind of helps you jump from one thing to another and you just kind of keep the train going that way. So mm-hmm. real helpful tip that they gave me on that production team right there. Yeah, even, you know, like I said, like I, I'm still I'm working now, but I'm already just kind of looking into the industry and seeing what's going around. And then I still network, you know, even though I'm in because you just never know. Things happen on the fly sometimes like one week, nothing next week. Hey, we need these people to work. And then obviously whoever finds it that week will probably interview that same week and then right. the job closes that quick. So yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because there's a misconception that I know that myself and a lot of people in school had, which is Oh, once you're in, you're in forever. And that's not actually how it works. It's no, you're in for that particular job. And if the show does well or people leave the show, mm-hmm. maybe you'll get another spot on that show. But you pretty much have to just constantly, like you said, be putting out feelers of what else is going on, not only with our show, but other shows in the studio. And then other shows just in the general vicinity of animation and beyond, because you never know. I mean, things might get picked up, they might not not get picked up things happen so it's just always good to be prepared always yeah always always be on your toes so if you could go back in time and <laughs> give advice to young eric who is just starting out mm-hmm. what advice would you give to your younger self things will work out just try not to let the rejection get to you because i know that's one of the big things i've had oh they're like not calling me back and this and that so you know obviously it would weigh me down at one point so yeah just keep working hard especially everybody listening in and then things work out eventually just don't give up and keep fighting for your dreams and may not be today may not be tomorrow but eventually you'll land where you want to land very solid so (laughs) eric where can people find you online you guys can find me on facebook and instagram that's usually the main two places I have right now and I'm sure you'll put the URLs on that okay cool yeah I'll give those to you and then people can find me there Uh, follow the link below or up wherever it's going to be posted no problem so Eric thank you very much for being on the show today thanks for having me and that concludes episode 65 with Eric Perez special thanks to Eric for being such a wonderful guest and make sure to check out all of his links 
in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And thank you to everyone who has left a positive review. We read each and every one of them and we greatly appreciate them. And you can also support the show by visiting our PayPal page by going to www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal donation button. All of your donations go directly into providing technical support for the show and web hosting. And thank you so much to everybody who has donated via PayPal. Your donations mean so much to us and we appreciate it very much. And to see what else is going on in the wonderful world of animation, make sure to visit our Facebook page facebook.com slash the animated journey on tumblr the site is www.theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com and on instagram and twitter you can visit us at at animjourney and jeff where can people find you people can find me at jeffbot.com one f and they can also find me on twitter at jeffbot and on instagram at shootzee s-h-o-o-t-z-e-e And you can find me at my website, www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is www.sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at sketchysoul. So thank you to everyone for listening. And tune in next time for another wonderful episode. And until then, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. 